0: Okay, we are back for our final episode of the Representation Podcast with myself, Yusuf Suave.
1: And me, Sophia Hanin. Toot
0: toot. toot toot final one of 2022. It's great to be here as we roll into another year. We are... F-
1: Yusuf, you sound like you're in a rush.
0: I am in a rush. I'm really hungry and I'd quite like to have some food. Okay. And I can't think when I'm hungry.
1: Okay, wait, go again.
0: Uh so we have just had an amazing chat with the one and only G33 of Girls Don't Sink Fame. It was that was really fun. She was an absolute pleasure to to speak with.
1: Absolutely little pocket rocket. And like I mentioned, I'm so I, honestly genuinely i'm inspired to get out of my bedroom controller phase
0: i really hope you stay in that phase and it doesn't go anywhere for you
1: <laughs> uh, i'm so excited i'm gonna be out playing in the club 2023 is gonna be my year i'm
0: yes i'm gonna go down to sexyland she- 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 what's it called
1: sexyland yeah yeah
0: Sexy Land. Yes, I'm going to go do the DJ set in yes, Sexyland. Yes, I'm going
1: to play lots of techno It's Sexy Land.
0: I'm going to play lots of techno. That's not a Dutch That's nice. Yeah, terrible. Awful. Um, Awful. But, Apologies to all our listeners in the Netherlands. Yeah,
1: which is actually quite a few, I reckon. About half. Yes. Um, I love
0: you guys. We but, love you guys.
1: Yeah, 2022. Going into 2023. How are you feeling? What are your news resolutions? Oh,
0: I've already God. asked him this um, off
1: mic, but I'm going to ask again.
0: I don't have any New Year's resolutions. Carry on being fabulous.
1: Carry on being fabulous, hun. Yeah, I'm also, I don't have any New Year's resolutions either. Or I do, but they're personal. So, (laughs) But I'm just going to, you know, keep on being fabulous. Stop talking about the fact how I'm a wannabe DJ. and Maybe just actually start doing it. Um,
0: Yeah, maybe that should be mine as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm about to enter the last year of my 20s. So whatever I'm going to do. I'm going to go in on it.
0: Great. That is fantastic. And what do we have coming up in 2023 for representation? Our goals,
1: our intentions, our resolutions. We've got, Yusha's playing at New Year. So, you know, right at the start, bang. First bang. thing we're doing in representation. I
0: am actually playing the midnight as well. So,
1: oh, well, there we go. is going to be yeah. playing on behalf of representation at Crofts and New Year's Eve. We've got a night. I'm going to be doing the warm-up in February 17th Mm -hmm. and apart from that I've got big hopes and dreams and goals for representation we are going to be going viral on TikTok we are going to (laughs) be we are going to (laughs) be
0: that is about all you can wish for these days isn't it
1: (laughs) in Ibiza we are going to be doing the soundtrack to the next Khan film
0: manifest it Manifesto, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are going to be playing in the dance tent at Glastonbury.
1: We are going to be playing in Bergheim. Get that pick of us two outside.
0: Ooh, I'd love that. I'd love to play. Well, actually, no, I don't think we'd go down well at Bergheim. It's it's not a venue I would play at.
1: Yeah, it'd be everyone be expecting some hardcore music, and I'd press play, and it'd be like
0: Thames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <it'd be> some <laughs> soothing sound. I play like a Mahalia edit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I actually, I don't think I would want to play at Berkheim because I know that's not what I'm suited to. And I would just...
1: If Yusuf says he doesn't want something to happen, then maybe it will happen because things he don't want to happen in life generally do.
0: But no, let's let's just, you know, let's hope for bigger and better and see where we go.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for another successful podcast series, everyone. Especially Greenleaf.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Greenleaf Catering, for hitting us up. It's been great. We had an absolutely amazing conversation with GT3. Um, I feel like let's just get straight into it.
2: Are
1: you ready to be intro
2: Of course. Don't cringe me out because I'll start laughing. <laughs> a- a- any- anytime anyone says anything nice about me, I'm just like... <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well, guess what? It's about to happen. <laughs> Literally, okay. I'm like,
1: oh, Right. <laughs> This past couple of years, our guest has been very, very busy. So I saw her play for the first time last weekend at the Pound Shop Edits Night. She went back to back with Chande, which was amazing. And since then, I've actually become her number one fan. I've been girl crushing hard. Stop it. (laughs) So she's one quarter. I haven't finished yet. Sorry, sorry. She's (laughs) She's one quarter of the legendary Girls Don't Sink, which is a collective Breaking Barriers championing new talent in the industry but as a solo dj too she's doing absolute bits and she actually i think just the other day announced doing a bbc asian network takeover in march which is very exciting so today our final guest of season two is gaia aka g33 Free Free. welcome to the hello world.
0: welcome welcome thank you
1: for
2: having me did that cringe you out no, I, I like look at my face. Well, you can't you can't see it, but I'm really like smiling. <laughs> That's so oh, lovely. I only put lovely in, intro. like
1: a tiny selection of the amazing things you've been doing as well. Yeah,
0: just it was just a, it was just a little sprinkling. It was
1: such a little sprinkle because we're about to get into all of the other amazing
2: things you've been doing. Oh, amazing. Oh, I love that. Thank you very much.
0: You are a proud half Indian, half Italian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. two very strong fiery cultures and actually in many ways are very very similar i think when it comes to food when it comes to family the importance of family being very very key there i think mm-hmm. um so what was that like growing up with two distinct cultures i think i mean you're very lucky
2: yeah but... i mean my palate is like strong do you know what i mean i think it's um <laughs> having like two of the best cuisines just like on a platter to me constantly is something that um i think maybe growing up i definitely took for granted but now like especially because we travel so much We went to France last week and I was like, this food is horrible. And I just feel like where my mum's from in Italy, it's like the south of Italy. So the food is really hot. Mm. It's really like fragrant and really rich. And I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of parallels, even in just like history, where my mum's from, it's like quintessentially like Arab, essentially. So a lot of Mm. like the dialect is like Arab. The food is really spicy. The way they look, is typically like dark skinned, like um, darker hair. So it was really interesting for me just like even in the last like couple of years beginning to like i don't know put the dots together of like my heritage and finding that Mm. out and um i think yeah having these two like like you said very different but also so many parallels growing up i think my italian side definitely growing up anyway i think was a lot stronger sometimes like the matriarch or the mother like kind of enforces the culture more like i grew up speaking italian watching italian films reading going to Italy like regularly whereas my dad's family were based in Nottingham so that was always a lovely a journey to go up there and to you know experience these like pockets in these bursts like throughout my year being around like my dad's family is always something that has always been kind of like a treat going up and, and visiting and like soaking in that culture but the Italian foundations have always been really present in like my first like socialization like in my home but um, I think in the last couple of years I think I've really wanted to I guess like learn more and be more in touch with it and particularly through music I think especially like the fact that now I play like Punjabi, Hindi, Bollywood tracks in my sets like when I first started DJing that was not something that I ever thought Mm. I would do and it's like it's so cool to be able to play stuff that you know is from my childhood and is from these like you know these moments of I guess my childhood, my adolescence and I can kind of like take them and like bring them into into the club and also expose new audiences to them like it's always so funny like whenever we especially within Girls don't think whenever I play like well to me it's like a big like a big Punjabi track or big Bollywood track it's so nice to see the audience especially the white people have the exact same reaction because even though they've never heard it and they have no idea what it means and it's just a completely new sound I feel like our music is so uplifting and it just makes people want to dance and it's really joyous and to be able to spread that to new audiences, it's really really great and I really really enjoy it it feels like a cultural a cultural reset (laughs) whenever whenever we drop these stuff Matty will just look at me like yeah
0: this is this is so sick (laughs) I think um people like you were saying you're talking about people in the crowd having a great reaction Mm. I think part of it is because they see you vibing off it so Uh. much and whenever whatever clips I see like you're there singing along to every single Mm. word of the tune and I think that's very infectious so people in the crowd are like this is sick
2: you get back what you give out at a DJ set, yeah, I think. I've, yeah. I've gone to DJ sets where, I don't know, I, some, especially men, like, sorry to be that person, mm. but, like, they're just so stiff and rigid, and I'm just, like, are you enjoying this? Like, I can't really tell. And even when somebody's yeah. singing along and, like, you know, they're, they're connecting with the music that they're playing, naturally, like, as, you know, as an audience member or as just someone in the dance, like, that's what you want to see, and I feel like you feed on like you feed that, like, back into, like, how you feel. We've definitely have set, had sets within Girls Don't Sink where, We've it, it's so interesting. Like we've done a few sets, and where we've just felt we've just not connected with the audience at all. Like even if we tried, we've got on the mic, and then what I've noticed is that makes us, especially me, like close in, and I, I feel a bit embarrassed to like dance and put my gum finger up and get on the mic because we feel a little bit restricted and a little bit like very seen. Whereas like people that you know are come to our sets and really enjoy it, it also allows us to like relax as well and like to have a good time. Um, but obviously, I think that's a skill, especially when. We've been doing loads of back-to-back sets. Like the set that we do on the Sunday, having played on the Saturday and the Friday, we need to be able to repeat and recreate that exact same energy on the Friday that we did, that we had on the Friday on the Sunday. Especially when we've had like a whole weekend of shows, and I think that that's the real graft when the audience isn't vibing, but you've got as the DJ, you've got to still give it. Whereas inside, like I just feel like I want to die, and I feel really like embarrassed and like seen. But I think that's that's the real graft, you know, being able to to act or you know perform and present like this is the sickest set you've ever done. Mm. And the crowd might not be vibing with it, but, you know, that's essentially not your business. You you came there to do what you've got to do.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. So let's take it back before Girls Don't Sink. Let's talk about you as an individual, as a DJ. What moment was it that made you decide, like, yeah, this is something I want to get into and talk about, the, let's talk about like the early st- stages of your DJ career.
2: I got a DJ lesson for my birthday. So it must have been, I think it was 2019. Um, 2019, so just before covid i don't know i've just always been very musical i've always been you know making playlists and putting people onto stuff and you know hogging the orcs cord in the car so my friends grouped together and they got me a dj lesson for my birthday and the next day i bought a pair of decks So i had this lesson with this guy um, from pirate studios so it was like done via pirate and he was sick and we mixed on drum and bass i was like this is mad and i was just like if i find like this so like exciting on music that I don't even know like can you imagine when it's like the music that I want to you know that I want to mix so the next day I bought like a little controller and I just started messing honestly just started messing around in my bedroom pissing off my flatmates religiously trying to loop stuff and like you know just I became a little bit fixated I remember my dad at the time was just like this is a phase like I don't know like and I was like I actually really really like this and for a while it was just contained within the realms of my bedroom my friends little house parties and then slowly but surely just before COVID was in full swing, I warmed up for conductor in Liverpool. And that was like my first ever set. And I remember being so nervous. And I'd never played out before. And I was so nervous, so nervous, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. Did a few more little bits and bobs, but then again, went into lockdown. And then I think that period of time was so essential for like, I guess me as a DJ, because I had no choice but to really become obsessed and really just like hone in certain skills and spend so much time just like going over certain stuff and I'm actually it sounds really backwards because there's obviously you know was so much happening and there was so much like hardship at the time but I don't think I would have been able to really find the time in my life to be able to like sit down and attempt to understand the craft and hone certain skills and go over certain transitions and things like that and kind of become a little bit of a nerd with it so I'm really grateful for that time and then in that time I just yeah I use my connections. I'm originally from London, from Brixton. I you know a lot of people within radio here, just from like growing up. Me and Matty did a lot of stuff when we were like young. And obviously I'm in, based in Liverpool as well. So just honing in on both of those kind of worlds and communities and doing little radio mixes, bits and bobs, lockdown streams, charity streams. Once we were let out, it was just full steam ahead. And like I said, having the you know the opportunity and the privilege to have a london base and a north base as well, particularly because we're close to Manchester, I felt like I was really lucky enough to be able to play in different cities, so different sounds. My sound when I first started DJing was mad because I learned on old school hip hop and like R and B and dancehall and like 100 BPM stuff. And then slowly but surely I think I like eased my way in. I've always liked garage, I've always liked electronic music. I feel like my sound really changed. I was playing one of my old mixes to my boyfriend and I was playing like more reggaeton, like ballet stuff, and he was like, This is mad. And I was like, Yeah, it is. But I feel like as time's gone on, I've just discovered more music and Essentially they've always had the same kind of like tone to it. It's always I've always wanted to mix stuff and play stuff that makes people want to dance and is uplifting. So it's just transitioned into another another pocket of that sound, I guess.
1: You're obviously keeping so busy over lockdown. So I'm just thinking you've got a big following, you've done crazy amount of stuff all in the past couple of years. But actually, if we take away the pandemic, it's only really been in the past year, right? That you've been out playing clubs and stuff. So as soon as that date in 20 was it 2021 or it was like everyone was looking forward to June the world opening did your life just immediately just rocket get super busy playing out all the time just from laying that down those seeds during lockdown
2: I think so yeah and then I think girls don't think was definitely the catalyst for a lot more of that busy stuff it, it was busy but also I had a job I, I've, I've, I feel like I've had a, a thousand lives I was working as a youth worker at the time I was working in a club and I was doing a lot of stuff with like teaching. That's how I actually met Hannah, who's one of the other girls and girls don't think We met because we were teaching kids to DJ in a youth club. Um, Matty, I grew up with her. Sophia started DJing in the club that I worked in. I remember her like coming in on the, her first set and just connecting over that. And, you know, I think she was quite nervous and like bubbly. And we just connected over that. And then me and Hannah started putting on little showcases for the kids. And I made this like mix series online we filmed it in the club that I worked in and I remember my boss at the time was like why don't you just do this like when we open like in a club even if it's social distance you've got Matty you've got Hannah you've got Sophia like why don't you start why don't you start doing a little event here and then that's that's how it started
0: I think I remember first seeing you DJ as a as a group was when you had to sit down it was a sit down rave I think I remember seeing that yeah
2: yeah yeah And the first time we actually played out was that like 21st of June and it was bonkers. We were just like, this is mad. All of our music, like we spoke about this in an interview recently, like there's four different people with four different identities, four different communities, cultures, like upbringings, like Hannah's from Liverpool, Sophia's from like near Bristol, Matty's from Brixton, like the fact that we can all play and represent different sounds like sonically, but also our personalities essentially, like there's four USBs. Everyone's like, why don't you just put all your music in one USB? And I think that would actually take so much away from it because even in our recent DJ mag, like, I have no idea what is going to play. I have no idea. And there's that element of just, like, impulse and, like, even our reactions. Like, there's one moment in the DJ mag stream that Matty looks at Sophia like, what? what? Like, what is this? And I just feel like those moments, because we're, we've become accidentally such a visual act, having all of these kind of, like, this combination of music, when it was the 21st of June, we realised, like, shit, like, this is actually really powerful and we're having a lovely time and they're having a lovely time and yeah I think that was the moment we were like okay this, this this could be something but then still at that point we had no idea it was only Mixmag that we did in December like this time last year we did the Mixmag in Liverpool and that kind of catapulted us and then from that we signed with an agent manager and then from that we've you know generated festival bookings and things like that and it feels like now there's another resurgence with the DJ mag video I don't use TikTok and people are sending me it being like this, this TikTok has two, like over two million views. I was in TK Maxx yesterday and the girl was like, I'm so sorry, but I've just recognized you from your hair. Are you that girl from TikTok? And I was like, no, no.
0: That's when you know you've made it.
2: (laughs) And I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, I was like, is that what we are like TikTok, especially because she was young as well.
0: And you were there with your Tommy Hilfiger t-shirt and your like FC UK socks.
2: <laughs> I was buying bath bombs for my nan. Like I was like, bloody hell, like, oh. <laughs> but no, it was re- it was really funny. But TikTok's so funny. Like the fact that people are like posting these clips because I didn't use TikTok really. I-, I find it really overwhelming. And like, we've just like accidentally just like blown up on TikTok. You know, that generation like below us. It's really interesting because some of the recent sets that we've played, we've really noticed it musically. Like the moments... And the songs that people react to, especially when the crowd's younger, like we have an insomnia edit and we played it and it just went over there, like faceless, like went over their heads. But when we played like our Doja, Central C edit, like everybody goes crazy. And it's so interesting, like we compare a lot of, especially now because we've had the experience of playing like abroad, so like Belgium, Berlin, you know, Sweden, the energy and the expectation is just completely different. Hardly anyone's on their phone and it really feels like abroad in EU countries like the sets go on a bit later as well like playing 2am to 4am in the UK is not the same playing 2am 4am like in in, like in other countries it's just there's just a completely different energy and it feels like a couple of the most more recent sets we did in the UK it just felt a bit like oh god the crap one of the sets we did it felt like we were playing to like the cast of like the in-betweeners movie like take that take that as you will like in between his movie.
1: Oh my God. I love hearing stories like this. I want more people to come on here and chat about awkward and weird experiences because we just kind of hype them up. Oh
2: my God. I sat down during the set. I sat down, I hid behind the decks. Sophia was like, get up. But they couldn't see us because we were were like, we, we had like a little barrier and it was one of those sets and like, if any DJ tells you that they haven't had an experience like this, then they're absolutely categorically lying. It was one of those sets that we were constantly checking the time to be like, when will this finish?
1: Yeah, we should actually speak about this way more. Like, I want to hear... Mm. There I was, spending the past week scrolling through your Instagram being like, oh, so cool. I want to be part of Girls Don't Sink.
0: <laughs>
1: tell us about the weird, annoying bits.
2: There's there's so many. There's so many weird, annoying bits. Like, There's the bits that are just like logistically annoying. So like, you know, from the beginning, just like walking into venues, not having access to the green room, not getting our rider, like being denied entry to the actual booth because, you know, they're in disbelief that we're the DJ, especially because we look young and we look like the girlies in the club. Do you know what I mean, like we don't hold back in, you know, dressing up and, you know, wearing quite feminine stuff and that access into the club has always been something so strange we've been lucky enough to have a tour manager like this big hench guy that is just like no like takes no shit and when when we have him i feel really really safe and really secure and when we don't it's like i have to constantly explain and apologize there was one time that me and hannah were late when we were literally headlining in london and i had to show the security guard like a picture Mm. of us like from the from their page to be like that's hannah this is me we're about to play in about two minutes like please can we get in and before that it was like get to the like get to the back like nice try ladies and just like little things like that obviously just you know put a downer on it but in terms of like actual sets we played at the dj mag award ceremony and we obviously have just won it was so dope. we've just won best breakthrough dj The, the 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 pressure's on to perform the decks were not working and i just feel like sometimes sometimes the decks don't do what you want them to do and that's fine like The link cable, they switched the mixer. They switched the mixer from LF system to us. So like they switched it because they used that like that weird mixer that I just hate it. Like the ones that all the techno heads use. So they changed it. Alan and grief. It's grief. This grief. I hate it. So they changed it. And like the link cable wasn't working. Obviously, we're very dependent and reliant on the link cable because we're going USB, USB, USB. The effects weren't working. Like at one point, like the whole music stopped. And we were just looking at each other like this is jokes. Like we've just. Did everyone boo you
1: off? Did everyone
2: retract their vote? (laughs) I take it back I Can don't you want imagine them to win fest breakthrough. Can you imagine but we were just like oh well like we were obviously on such a buzz from the award when we were there all of us were painfully anxious it's so funny because I think people always think when we played we played at the a festival in in France as well like two weeks ago and I feel like everybody in our industry or like the dealers around us think that like we're like real party animals especially because we're normally the youngest whereas like we just wanna we're not really after people like we we get quite nervous sometimes and a bit overwhelmed and Nine times out of ten, we just want to go home and chill and like switch off and be able to have a couple snacks and whatever. Like that's kind of like more our vibe. Obviously, we like to party and stuff, but at actual DJ Mag awards, even though like we've actually earned our place to be there, like we've actually won an award, which we obviously knew prior, it just felt really overwhelming. We were just like, this is mad. Like all of us were anxious. Like we we hid upstairs in the office for the majority of the award ceremony because we were just like, this is so This is so crazy. And I feel like there there was other DJs that are, you know, massive, like that we were speaking to, and it kind of felt like they felt the same. And it just is nice to have those like moments of normality and just to be like, yeah, this is this is really crazy.
1: And you get to do it with three of your best mates. Exactly. So
2: nice. I don't know what I do. I was actually saying this yesterday, like I don't know what I do. Like my level of respect now for like solo DJs is just so high because I just think, how the hell? Do you like get yourself out of bed at like 11 p.m. to like go to the club when you're absolutely knackered? Like we have each other to be like, right, speakers coming on. going to pour you a drink. Come on, sort your makeup out. Like it is pressure. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially when we've done back to back shows to be like, right, girls, come on. Like, and we all kind of offer different things like within the group. I don't know how people do it alone. I really, really don't. I would really struggle, like really, really, really struggle now more than ever. I'm really, really grateful, to be honest.
0: It was your recent live stream. Uh, who was it again? Was it DJ Mag or was it? Yeah, DJ, it Mag. DJ Mag. So you opened that or you introed that with a bunch of quotes, like real life quotes that you guys had got through your DMs and you're not really one to kind of shy away from the types of messages that you receive from men who, for whatever reason, take an issue, seeing women up, killing it. I mean, it's a real shame, but you guys have to kind of, fit... do you feel like you have to prove yourself more or do you just not take these messages to heart?
2: I think naturally, like, it goes without saying that we have to prove ourselves more like it's just kind of like intrinsic to like our attitude now because naturally like we're four young women like we're diverse like you know we even the fact that we dance I feel like we get a lot of criticism for like dancing and having a good time it's like oh my god they're just dancing like they're not actually DJing and it's like why don't people like particularly like white old men want to see young women young brown mixed white black women having fun and like naturally I feel like because The minute we step up anywhere, regardless if we've even hit play yet, there's going to be a wave of like scrutiny and disbelief and like, hmm. And it does feel like we have to come like 10 times harder. But I just feel like now we've just come to a point, but we've always kind of had it. Like we've always had it to just speak, to be like, we don't care. And also all of these comments and all of this, like, you know, this negativity is always met with so much positivity. Like these, the comments that we took and made a soundscape were from our MixMag um, stream from last year. When we were looking through them to like select them, I was actually like, there's so many lovely comments here as well about like be, us being friends and our relationship and the music that we play and like people being like, I'm in my 40s and like, I love UK Garage. Like they're bringing it back. Like it's always met with so much positivity, but I just think we've adopted like a no-nonsense attitude. And I just feel like, especially when you're met with this kind of mentality, the most powerful thing is just to laugh and take the piss out of them. And use it to our advantage, like use it to our advantage. Like we did a post last year and we it was like a meme about like small dick energy. Um, and we like made a compilation again of like, of like a collage of all of these comments and things like that. And it's just like, you know, we've now used that to advantage. Like we've now in, like taken that and integrated it into our set and like as the opener, which was really fun. We, we, hey, you're cashing in on it. You're exactly. We, we, we it. just asked our friends and family, like, can you send us some voice notes, especially like the ones in different accents? Sophia's uncle is the American one. Like these girls don't even DJ. <laughs> but like, that's how I imagined that they sound like. So, yeah, it was fun. <laughs>
1: And I, do, I can imagine that if you had to convince a bouncer that it's you DJing, then ne- that bouncer is never going to make that mm. mistake again with another young woman, mm-hmm. surely. And also a huge part of what you're doing, what I think and what I've read and what I've understood about uh, Girls Don't Think is you're also, you know, hoping to widen participation from loads of other young women and like helping them them gain access into mm. the industry. And, you know, I read that you refused to do perform at a night because you were the only woman on the set list that night so like making it easier for everyone else as well like you're making way. yeah I think
2: it's important like we always say it like particularly for Matty as well like it's really important and I just feel like it's a lot bigger than us and we all even like we're talking about our tour and like the support on our tour and like we want to make sure that like the people that you know are playing with us and you know that we select in different cities ultimately like reflect you know our ethos and have the same values as us but also giving opportunities to black brown gay female djs or you know i think that is really really important as well to be able to offer that i think you know to create a space where people feel confident and people feel like comfortable and i feel like if you're playing around other women in particular especially us like we'll gas anybody up i think you know especially if it's like your first time playing or anything like that you know there's nerves there like we've all been there so i think to be able to offer that is um It's really really nice and I've seen it firsthand like when we've when we've booked girls to play especially that they've never played before and like you know the reaction they have and to be able to kind of create that environment is is really good and I think like you said it will have a ripple effect in the future like we always say like you can't be what you can't see so you know if I was to go to a DJ set and you know I just saw you know a man playing which I did for the majority of like my adolescence when I went to clubs when I went I didn't see I didn't see female DJs I think one of the first female DJs I saw was Flavor D and I remember being like she's so cool but you can't be what you can't see you know if you go to a club night and you don't see yourself reflected even from like I don't know the promoter the manager like there's such a bigger like scope in the music industry that needs a lot of work it's not always about you know mm-hmm. being forward facing and like being a woman on the lineup like I want to see more female promoters managers bookings like i just yeah it needs to trickle like from the from the back of the back of the scenes as well
0: Something that you mentioned earlier on in the interview, you said that you never you said that you started playing like Punjabi Bollywood music, and you said you that was something that you never thought you would do, so kind of a double question here is firstly what changed what kind of happened there for you to start playing it and loving it and then secondly, um just to tie it in, you've got your b b c Asian network residency coming up uh mm-hmm. in early twenty twenty three so talk to us about that and what kind of elements you're gonna be bringing into that show.
1: I also have a bonus question to add on that just popped oh, into my head. <laughs> Try and remember three questions. No, I just want to know, do you ever play any Italian or explore Italian? <laughs> and play it in your sets?
0: So, metallo disco. Okay,
2: Metallo <laughs> disco. Right. Okay. So first question was um, about what changed? Honestly, I just think seeing more like seeing DJs, like playing that music, like connecting with daytime is like discovering like the, the resurgence of daytimers discovering people like Nirav, Chande, Kieran, Gracie T, Priya, following them, just like primarily based off Instagram and then like connecting with them, like just through that was really, really nice. And then obviously, you know, being invited to play with them at daytimers, at Dialed In, at Pound Shop Edits Club Show, that boiler room with Gracie and Chande, like seeing that and seeing that, I think that's, that is one of the, one of the sets. I sent it to my dad and I was like, what like this is crazy like it was just it was just mental like to see that and to I think Gracie used an element of um oh she used like a soundscape from Riz Ahmed and she mixed it with something and I just remember being like that is the coolest thing I've ever seen and just like being in a sea of like other brown people and like having that and I I felt that way at Pound Shop edits as well like being able to play like songs and have the crowd like sing them back and like feeling that like support like I think it was definitely like the people that I've mentioned kind of paving the way and like, you know, reintroducing that sound into the mainstream clubs was something that I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And then also the fact that it sounds like just so good and the reaction that it has. And like, like I said before, like how joyous it was, I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I said in the beginning. Like I want to make mixes and I want to create blends that make people want to move. And if I can do that by paying homage to like my heritage and music that I grew up on, also exposing people to new sounds. I think that is ultimately the job of a DJ. Obviously, you know, you want to play the familiar tracks, you want people to sing along, you want nostalgic elements of your set and your performance, but also you have a duty to expose people to new sounds, new producers, and I guess in this aspect, a completely new culture. Sorry, next question, BBC Asian Network. Are we gassed? I'm very gassed. So they, I spoke to the head of the station a few months ago, and and yeah, and I just, I was a bit like, oh... I find radio a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Like, I don't know. I was just like, oh, presenting. Oh, sometimes I flap it a little bit. And they were just really reassuring. They were just like, look, we want you to present like your sound. Like, think of it as like you bringing your like, your set to the station. And when they said that, I was like, yeah, sound. Like, I know exactly i know, yeah, I can do that. And I want my show to be about music. I want my show to be about these producers from New Delhi. Like I want to be able to, you know, play their music on the show, interview people, do artist spotlights. There's a lot of um, South Asian artists in Liverpool that I've never really seen, like, you know, get the kind of coverage and, I don't know, I guess like the celebration that they deserve. And I feel like in Liverpool, sometimes as artists, it's really hard to get their sound like spread across the nation. Like Liverpool's quite a little incubus of talent. And if I have the opportunity to be able to, maximize that and play that on you know a massive station like bbc Asia network then i think that would be that would be really cool
1: bonus question italian music talk to us about it
2: <laughs> but you literally <laughs> sound like my mum because my mom's always like why don't why don't you play italian music in your sets like da-da-da-da. and it's just so shit like truth be told it's I'm just to awesome, think if i like, know any italian like, music like euro like euro trash i think ludo I'm thinking of like the lizzie mcguire soundtrack yeah yeah yeah, that is such a good film. And that, do you know what? The soundtrack in that, like, if, it's good. If any producers are listening to this and want to make us like a speed garage, like this is what dreams are made of, like dub, go for it. Like there's your challenge. Oh, please do. <laughs> please do. Yeah, I would love that. But no, I've never, I've never really, I've never really thought about it just because it's just, ugh. no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself. T- I mean, don't, you know, never say never. But it's just not really a sound that I think me- meshes, me- meshes well. Um, I don't God, really. Poor Italian. Ancestors. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry.
0: That is not Moto Bene.
2: No, it's not Moto Bene at all. But, um, Are you, you know, trilingual?
1: How many languages do you speak? Two Italian and English. <gasps> well, there we go. You win some, you lose some. Exactly. You play the Indian music, <laughs> you speak the Italian there language. There you go.
0: Um, so we have your BBC Asian Network coming up in 2023. We also have uh, Girls Don't Sink on tour. Um, what you guys, I mean, you must have a lot coming up. What? Uh, talk to us a little bit about the next year.
2: So the next year, oh God. I mean, thinking about summer after the summer we've had is just like, I, I feel like my eyes are bleeding. Like I feel like this year we can afford to be a little bit more selective about where we play. Just because last year we just rammed everything out, and do you know what I mean, we did, we did everything. We did, we were here, we were there. Like, I had no sleep. Like, I definitely had bed bugs because I was like spending every other night in a hotel room. Like, you know, I think we definitely spread ourselves thin, and rightly so because you know it got us to where we are now. But I think this summer, you know, can feel a little bit more selective. Also, it's about preserving our sanity, being a bit more selfish, and thinking about you know our health, mentally, physically. I think is something that we really, really want to keep like at the core when we're making these decisions. I think recently we did a lot of stuff back to back, and like the impact it has on all of us is just, you know, we finish on a Sunday. Matty has radio on the Monday; she's got to be on air. We're all shattered. Like Sophia's just been working at a dog center a month, like a few days a week in Liverpool; she's absolutely loving it. You know, like Hannah teaches, and we all have different things, and we all react really differently. But me, in particular, like after these big moments, and when we do back to back sets. I'm horrifically anxious like the next day like like don't want to go on my phone I feel really really knackered so I think you know if we have the ability to like choose and you know be precise and be selective and wise about our decisions and you know we want to make each set as impactful as possible like I don't I don't want to do another in between a set so it's just about navigating offers that come through and being like is this really for us like representation-wise, like, do we fit in? Do we fit in sound-wise? We've been put on a lot of drum and bass lineups, and in the past when we've done these shows, we just completely get drowned out. The crowd is really aggy, normally. It feels, like, very masculine. And, like, to play Speed Garage in the middle of a drum and bass, like, night is just, like, we've really struggled to keep up the energy. So, you know, little things like that, it's just, like, oh, just being a little bit more selective. But um, hopefully, you know, we get the big ones again, like Glastonbury, because that was the best experience of my life. And this woman actually reached out to me after Glastonbury, which was really strange because I was—I felt really depressed after Glastonbury. I just felt really, really down and a bit in like disbelief. And I felt like, yeah, and I just felt it was so weird at Glastonbury. I had a bit of a moment of like feeling really self-conscious and being really paranoid about stories and like what people were videoing. And I remember just, it was so weird. I remember just being so hyper fixated and paranoid that my bum was out because I was wearing shorts and I kept going on and on and on about it. And Matty was like this is like not like you like do you know what I mean like it's absolutely fine and I just feel like when you're getting this like influx of like you're just being flooded with like loads of pictures and videos of yourself you're kind of forced to look at yourself from angles that I didn't even I didn't, I didn't even know that like existed. even on zoom
1: yeah. if I turn this yeah. way can't stand it yeah
2: yeah yeah so I exactly. can't imagine it's, being it, tagged it, in thousands of stories it's like that and there was one video and I've never done this before but because I was so paranoid I, I don't again like I've never been the, I've never been asked about what's online or what I look like I've always been the goofy one like I don't know I don't I don't really care I remember messaging her at Glastonbury being on my personal account and I was like, I'm so sorry like please can you delete this and she was like, oh my god yeah of course lovely and then I got chatting to her and I was like you know like when you have beer fear after like a, a night out that's like what I have but on such a big level because I don't know what I don't know what videos everybody has but yeah, so it, it, it was a weird one at Glastonbury. But anyway, sorry, this woman reached out to me after Glastonbury, I was kind of beating myself up a bit. But again, like, I've only learned now, like these big highs that you get, like naturally, when you kind of come back down from them, it's called like inflation, really normal actually, to like, especially playing at Glastonbury and like, we just come back from my Ibiza, we just done Park Life, it was all kind of condensed into the month of June. And we'd never had space in between these sets to kind of sit back and like take it all in because we were just on to the next show so that's why I'm really grateful for this time around Christmas because now I can actually sit back and be like whoa what a crazy year someone reached out to me and she was basically saying that she's basically set up an organization all about musicians like mental health and like welfare and um she was doing it like she was doing like a like a test like pilot in partnership with King's College London and she was looking for like DJs and musicians to like technically the organization that she works she now has set up is called chaos and art and she basically used to be a dj and she just basically like completely had a breakdown and now she spent the last couple of years like creating a space and a structure to make sure that other djs don't feel the same way and yeah i think she's absolutely amazing and it was just so weird that after glastonbury i felt so down and she kind of like came into like came into my life and essentially like you know was offering me like free therapy like nutrition plan like sleep stuff she was, she was really, really great. And um, she basically had this idea off the back of going to the Ibiza Music Summit because she saw the speech, she, sp- she saw the kind of um, the talk with the Vichy's manager. And I think she was saying to me that, you know, she sat there and she was like, I fundamentally like know like what that feels like. And to be able to kind of like create, I don't know, an infrastructure from her experiences that could help other people was really great. But I would love Girls Don't Sink to do an Ibiza Music Summit like talk. I think we all have a lot of different things to say. We all have different experiences. Matty, Hannah, Sophia, like Sophia being diabetic and how we've been treated sometimes like because of that. We always have to have Lucas Aid Sports on our rider. That's even like more important than alcohol or the crisps or the Nature Valley bars that we just put on there because, you know, you need a snack. And when we played at one of the biggest clubs in London, I don't like to name him Shane, but yeah, um, we played at one of the biggest clubs in London. And when we got there, there was no rider. And if Sophia doesn't have a Lucas Aid sport on our rider, like that could lead to a hypo, a seizure. It's written in bold red letters, like in our contract, that, that that is an essential. As a group, we would rather have them than a bottle of grey goose. So we get to this club and you know, I'm like, where's the Lucas Aid Sports? And the artist liaison, again, for this massive club, big, big club in London, turned around and was like, What? Can't be demanding stuff like that. You're not Carl Cox. Can't we just be like saying, I, sh- I shit you not, you're not Kyle Cox. And he was like, you can only demand stuff like that if you're a big DJ. There's
0: a soft drink.
2: And I literally, I was like, excuse me. I was like, sh- we're not demanding anything. We're not being divas. Yeah. And again, that whole rhetoric of like us being divas, like us asking for too much. It's almost like I have to, I've noticed that like, I almost like apologise for like asking for things and like asking for ice or like, ask, like asking for some crisp. Like this is all stuff that if I know men do not have to think about but because we're so used to the fact that people automatically are going to have this you know mentality or like being divas like it's almost like we have to really like sent like censor ourselves and yeah that reaction is just the perfect example of just like how we are treated and also like this is somebody this is like Sophia my best friend like a member of the group that you've just booked to play at your event like this is their life like like and I, I know it sounds dramatic but it's actually like very real this is their life, like you know, could depend on that, and ultimately, like, will affect our performance. Naturally, like, if she starts having a hypo during our performance, then if you've turned around and said that you're not going to get us that, based on the premise that we're not Kyle <laughs> Cox, then that's on you. And if something like that was to have happened, everybody, you'd know about it. Everybody would know about it because, like you said, I do. I don't hold back. So yeah. So yeah, I, I would love to. I would love to name the club. <laughs> but like bleep like bleep that out bleep that out but yeah I would love to be able to do something like again we've always said this for like you know 2023 like we love playing the club shows but there's more stuff we want to tap into that we want to offer you know that that isn't playing sets Mm. that is you know creating spaces workshops panel talks um doing stuff I would love to set up a girls don't think scholarship I would love to be able to be in a position where I don't know, we look at people like Stormzy and like the empire he's created with Murky and how many, like how much opportunity he's created just from that name alone. And I would love to be able to do the same within electronic music for, you know, for women, non-binary, trans, black, brown, girlies, gays, everything.
1: Oh, Han, we love to see it. I'm going to back you to the bittersweet I'm going to be number one on your scholarship.
2: <laughs> like, let's get you to music school. Let's get you to music get, school. Let's
1: get poor little old me to music school. Change my life Literally. forever. Right, we're going to exactly. wrap up. I have the most important question of the whole of the chat for you right now. I don't know if you're prepared for this, but mm-hmm. I'm going to cast you away to your Dear Island disc, and you've got one song to take with you. What are you going to take and why?
2: Can I just say, first of all, I love this question. Like I, like, I love island, that you like... love it. I love that you love it. Who, wait, who makes fun of me for asking it? I was just. My next question was, whose idea was it? Mine, obviously.
0: Oh, it's Fears, yeah.
2: Like hats off to oh, you. All credit goes to Sphere for <laughs> sure. You yeah, much. and Yusuf, like, there should be no shame. Like, it, like this question is...
0: It's just its just sibling banter. Yeah, that's all no it is, worries. I've just got to, put her, in, to, just got to put her in a place. I, think
2: you're, I just think you're jealous because you didn't think of this question, that's all.
0: No, I didn't think of the question, but I did think of the name representation, so...
2: Okay, fair play. Okay, 1v1, that's fine. Um, I would take... Ooh, I did have a few ideas, but now I'm thinking about it. Now I've changed my mind just because... I don't know. I just feel very like relaxed, and it's so weird. I thought I was going to say something else, but now I'm t- talking to you guys. And like, actually, what would I take? Especially the nature of what we spoke about, I would take. Do you know the song from um, the Bollywood film um, Kutcha Kutcha Hotta Hai"?
0: Oh yeah.
2: Uh, we love. That I song. would take that because it's a song that, like, I don't know. It's just very emotional to me, and we played it at my granddad's funeral. It's just, I think the riffs and the runs from like both, especially like the female vocal- vocalist, like. I always like like songs in Hindi that have a male vocalist and a female vocalist and I feel like it's very like storytelling it feels it's very sentimental to me I just feel like I don't know it's it's very it's very emotional but also kind of uplifting so I feel like if I was stuck on a desert island it would be like a familiar sound like reminds me of home because I'd be all alone on my desert island like by myself but also like when the kind of, like, beat changes, it's, like, little glimmers of hope and happiness. And, yeah, I think it would be, like, the perfect balance.
1: Picture Shahrukh Khan the whole yeah, time. Yeah,
2: exactly, 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 exactly. I, I just feel like, towards you
1: like a secret Exactly,
2: and I feel like, as well, like, her runs, and, like, I just feel like, especially with, like, Hindi and Arab music as well. I grew up, grew up listening to a lot of Arabic music from my dad. Um, it's just so emotional, like, it, the runs and, like, the things that they can do, like, technically. It's just... Yeah, there's so much power and emotion, like, in the singing. And
0: even if you don't know
2: what it means, like, it's hard not to be affected by it, if that makes sense.
0: I think that might be my favourite response to that question.
2: Oh, I'm so glad. What what have other people said?
0: Well, Kieran was very resistant to it he really did not want to answer that question it
1: took him like 20 minutes to yeah it took question.
0: about 20 minutes honestly I, I had to edit out about 25 minutes of him just chatting 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 he's such a chatty party but um he eventually it was getting it was like getting blood out of a stone and eventually he went for skrillex and I was like
2: we were like no you can't have no.
0: that
2: <laughs> like I love I love me some spillets, I love me some dubstep but like on a desert not island not on a desert island no yeah. Yeah, also like yeah, that's yeah, the no. only track you can listen to my ears I, would bleed my ears would bleed
0: <laughs> yeah but he sort of had these like loopholes and it was all just all got very complicated and we don't sounds want that like com- com- yeah, s- yeah, yeah, sounds yeah, like pretty Kieran. much yeah he was like well if you know if I've got all the other and we were just like look man let's just let's just have an answer <laughs> a song so yeah.
2: we can yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brilliant That is so funny. Squill Right. G33.
1: It's been an absolute
2: pleasure. It's
0: been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank 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 you you so so much for
2: having me. I really enjoyed that.
1: We wish you all the best for 2023. Thank you very much. I can't wait to see you multiple times, whether it's London, Amsterdam, everywhere. The rest of the girls don't think gang. You've inspired. I'm currently in my bedroom controller phase. You've
2: inspired me to actually just. What, What are you playing? What are you playing?
1: oh stop asking all the no, questions No, genuinely
2: I mean, can, <laughs> we, we can speak after but like we are looking for girlies to support like I, I want to know what you're playing also I always get asked like especially like because I've got you know I've grow, grew up here I always get asked like who should I book or what DJs are coming up and like loads of promoters so let's get you out of that bedroom let's get you out I need to get out
1: the bedroom we're putting on a representation night in February and I'm like you know what I'm gonna do the warm-up so I'm gonna be ready in time for Feb and then I'm gonna be out of the bedroom 24-7
2: amazing let me know the day because I would absolutely love to come and be there for be there for your debut set that's so exciting yeah you should absolutely yeah yeah oh well thank you so much guys so there we go
1: our last amazing conversation with a very inspirational DJ. Thank you very much, G. She
0: is an absolute who. As you said, Pocket Rocket.
1: And before we sign off, let's just give a shout out to everyone we've had on the podcast this season. So, Yusuf, who are we shouting out?
0: Oh, well, let's start from the beginning. I think our first guest was Anu. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: We've also had Artie. We also tried to do our Bangra episode, which almost flopped, but DJ Raker came in and swooped in and saved the day. day. Uh, We had one with the Dialed In team just ahead of their third event over summer. And then last but not least,
0: Chande and your boy Kieran. So, yeah, it's been a great year. We've had loads of amazing artists, DJs on and yeah, onwards and upwards.
1: Yeah, bring it on. And thank you, Greenleaf, once again. Hopefully you'll be sending us that sweet, sweet cash for season three next year.
0: Yeah, I don't mind if you don't. Um, Okay, thank you so much. We will be back when we're back.
1: Who knows?